0: It sort of looks like an old treasure map.
1: Treasure map?
0: Like we didn't order any treasure map in our pizza. Let me see. Wow. This map is said to lead to the fortune of Gnarly Beard the Pirate. The gang's all A big hello to all you mystery solvers out there, and welcome to Heavy Metal. I'm your host, Ethan Brundine. and each week, myself and a guest will take you through a mystery from somewhere in the vast history of the greatest cartoon of all time. My guest this week is Jack Reed, the host of the wonderful podcast Ain't Day Buttes, and a self-appointed puppet expert. And he is here for a very special episode of this show to talk about something that is wholly unique in the history of Scooby-Doo. We're here to talk about Scooby-Doo Adventures, The Mystery Map, a 40-minute television special that is entirely done with puppetry. Jack, welcome to the show.
1: Hello, Ethan. Uh, Thank you for having me. I am uh, so excited to be talking about this uh, because I I do love Scooby-Doo um a lot uh i kind of have never gone out of like i've never fallen like out of love with it even though it's been uh
0: you're an adult now and everything yeah i
1: i am i am an adult uh i am i am 31 years old but i have never fallen out of love with Scooby doo i uh uh and and this is one that i um i I, as you mentioned i am a puppet aficionado i'm actually like a like a very big fan of all the uh the puppet um, puppeteers, uh, that are, that are, that perform in this, uh, special, I guess you would call it. Um, because like you said, it's wholly unique. I'm a very big fan of all of them. They've all done and stuff, Sesame stuff. Uh, several of them are, are Muppet regulars. And, uh, I'm just, uh, yeah. And so it, I was very jazzed to watch this because I kind of knew it existed, but I'd never yeah. watched it before. And, and you, uh, uh you said you were you were starting this show, heavy metal, and I was like, I gotta talk. I gotta talk puppets and scoop. Uh, so very happy yeah, to be here. It's
0: it's two things that you really enjoy yeah. bonded into one. Um so so you had mentioned that you know that you know the puppeteers like by their work or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, so while you're watching this or anything that they've done. Can you like tell the difference between who's doing what? Can you recognize? So
1: this is very funny because um, they, they do something in this and I'm I'm actually very glad they do, um, which is, and, and it's, it's not uncommon across, um, you know, puppet media of, of a certain kind for someone to be performing the, the actual like puppet of the character and for someone else to be doing Uh, the dub the voice and in this special um for most of the main scooby cast like as we know them now uh they actually most of them dub um which uh is is very funny because like i i look at i'm looking at this list of puppeteers right now um the you know david rudman is uh performed scooby eric jacobson did shaggy matt vogel Did uh, Fred and Peter Linz, did uh, you know, Gnarly Beard and the Phantom Parrot and Stu and and a couple other characters? Those are four of the like six main Muppet performers right now, and several of them actually, no, all four of them are also on Sesame. Um, And my answer to to you is, uh, you know, my long winded um, way of getting to that answer is yes, I do know all their voices incredibly well. I could not pick out who was performing? Who in this special? Um, yeah, you know, because I, I I don't know them just by like their their uh, their physical performing style. But the fascinating thing here is that, like I said, it's dubbed. So like you've still got Frank Welker Welker doing Fred and Scooby. You still got Gray Griffin doing Daphne. Uh, Lillard's doing Shaggy. Um, and uh, the one fascinating thing is that Stephanie DeBraso, who is like very well known for doing a lot of work with sesame she was in yes. avenue q and got nominated for a tony she voices and per, she performs and voices velma and uh um uh kate McCucci who is i mm, i don't actually know if micucci was velma at this point but whoever
0: this is the, this is right in the uh in the kind of in-between spot between yeah. Andy cone and kate McCucci.
1: right okay so so maybe that's why it's her but I have sort of a, 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 a I, don't, I don't know if it would be a hot take to many people except for like you or me and other Scooby-Doo fans. Um, and I don't know if you want me to save that now or not, or save it for later or say it now. Um, but I have kind of a hot take about that performance in this special, so...
0: Uh, I mean, why leave us on pins and needles? Yeah. Jack? go I ahead. Think, I it. think
1: DeBrazo is the best modern Velma voice. I think she's fantastic. Um, I, I she she's is incredible. doing
0: an incredible job here. Yeah, yes, I agree.
1: and it's and it's weird. It's specific because this special is like the designs are very specifically based on the the pup named Scooby Doo design. So like, yes. you couldn't necessarily have her go and do that same thing in like Mystery Incorporated or whatever, where she is a teenager. You know um because yes. it, 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 it's got she kind of goes up into that higher register she's like we're gonna solve the crime like uh, the, it sounds creepy coming out of my voice but out of stephanie debrezzo the you know the great puppeteer's uh voice mm-hmm. it sounds incredible um but you can't do that same thing that like Mikiuchi is doing or 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 mindy cone is doing and like i like this i mean mindy cone's great and i actually um recently rewatched scooby-doo and the witch's ghost which for the first time in over like 20 years which absolutely rips um excellent and, film yes yeah uh just an incredible incredible film and uh that one in that um film first off uh, great mary Kay bergman is is who's uh, uh long since passed as uh, daphne and then BJ Ward is Velma, who is yeah. who has been doing it, who did it for so long, and is still alive. But um, that's like from that's like my Velma, that's the Velma I remember. And it's I don't know why, but like you know, like they're really set on 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 Greg Griffin and Lillard, and and obviously Welker. And uh, Velma, there has been some like recasting throughout history. Um, and yeah, I just a think lot it's very it. funny. Yep. Anyway, and you've probably—I think—you've already talked about that. I've only—I I have to admit—I've only heard a few episodes of the show. You to are this point, totally so fine.
0: You're totally great. fine. Anyway, um, that's my
1: long theory and my long answer to your question about can I recognize their voices? The answer is yes, but obviously not here because um, they're not—they're right. not doing the voices because right. it's the usual gang plus Debrezzo.
0: Um. So. Yes, there have been, the, with the the voice talents mm-hmm. of, the, of the characters, obviously, yeah. there's only ever been the one guy who voiced Fred, except for the kid in Popcorn yeah. Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Um, there are essentially two people who have voiced Shaggy, although... Mm-hmm. There are a few others who did one or two. I want to say Billy West
1: did it once, but I'm not even... Yeah,
0: Billy West did it in one of the movies. I think he does a kind of terrible job. Yeah, no, I remember uh, it being really bad. But, um... Yeah.
1: Well, and this is all besides Scoob, of course, where it's just a completely new game. Yes, of course. Yes, yes.
0: yes. But Daphne and Velma have had the most Mm -hmm. variation, with the exception being that now it seems that that... Grey Griffin is kind of the canonical voice.
1: Yeah, right? and I think she's, I think she's tremendous. I mean, her, yes, her yes, Daphne of course, of is course. like, I mean, I, I really attribute this to Mary Kay Bergman. But like the moment where, and it's, I think it's okay to say, like, obviously the original Scooby is like all archetype uh, and structure, yes, which yes, is one of the, of one of the things that makes it genius because, um, you set that up for a few decades, then you get to spend. You know that point up to now, constantly subverting those expectations, which is one of yes. the reasons why this franchise is so um, special and unique. Because n- there are very few. Uh, I mean, it's almost it's almost fifty years older, fifty years old, if not. No, it's older than fifty at this point. Um, I think. Um, and and you know that's one of the wonderful things about Scooby is that you can continue to knock down uh, whatever your preconceived notions of it are and so great griffin i think like it it comes after daphne starts to actually become like a real character um or which the the exception being and again I, i attribute a lot of that to mary Kay bergman who is just so good um except for um uh I believe it's Thirteen Ghosts, where she is. Um, she is the only other Mystery Inc. member who's exactly. regular, and she's great there. But even Thirteen Ghosts is like still like that. Structure. She's
0: just like a. She's basically playing a babysitter on that show, right? Right. Like, right.
1: Yeah. Um And so I think that Gray Griffin has really done an amazing job of like of, of doing that since since taking over the role, including this movie. Even though this this movie slash special thing um, is 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 like is is silly and simplistic but but it's still like you you can hear that in the character you know it's great yes i I love daphne daphne's one of my faves
0: daphne's great um but what kind of where i was going is that um is with the different people who have voiced daphne Mm -hmm. they are all essentially essentially mimicking a a a similar type of voice right Like, yeah. which I think goes all the way back to the fact that in Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, mm-hmm. th- that's a two-season show, and there are two voice actors of Daphne, because the first voice actor, right. Stefania Christofferson, left yeah. after the first season, and they replaced her with Heather North, who did it for a very mm-hmm. long time, Um, but everybody's been kind of fitting into a similar zone yeah. with as far as Daphne's voice goes. Yeah. Obviously, you know, as you say... um. Grey Griffin is a a extremely talented voice yeah. actor, so she's able to bring all kinds of different characterizations to it, mm-hmm. while still sounding like you might imagine Daphne would. You know, right? Whereas Velma is kind of a situation where every voice actor is allowed to just have their own voice for the most part. Um, yeah. And there are kind of two modes to Velma. There's high pitched Velma and there's uh-huh. low pitched Velma, right? right? So you have like um you have Pat and you have um BJ Ward yep. as the as the low voice and then you have obviously Mindy Cohn and um the original and um Kate Micucci are being your high pitched ones. Yeah. Um
1: Is Micucci and... still like still the voice? I I for some reason yes. I Okay, so she, she does is... it on guess who? Okay.
0: Yes, I okay. believe in my opinion, I think she has gotten better. Okay. But she is still my least favorite person. Yeah,
1: I'm not a huge I mean, I'm a big fan of her in real life. Um, right. Of course. Right? Of course. Yeah, I mean, just a great comedic but,
0: performer in general. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but not in a, like not enormously fan of her and uh, not an enormous fan of her Velma, which is a, a shame. Um, yeah. though I have the not thing seen is that a bit of guess who. So it
0: is in general, a unfortunate, um, just in general, they kind of massacre Velma in be cool, Scooby doo. Mm-hmm. Um, they make her, they take away all of her positive character traits and make her just like this um, know it all who's completely sarcastic 100% of the time and probably yeah. doesn't actually like the people she's around, yeah. which is not a, a pleasant characterization. No. Um, so I think a lot of it comes from that, as well as the fact that Mikuchi. Um, it's not a voice actor by trade, you know, like previously, yeah. with the exception of Matthew Lillard, everybody's been someone who has either studied or just has been right. in the um, industry, really. Right. Um, I think
1: it's also, you talk about the characterization, which I, um, I think I saw a couple of Be Cool and, and, and like I did, did not watch more because it's not really my thing, but like Mystery Incorporated is such a tremendous show. And I think that of the, of the five main characters, Velma is the one who most benefits from, um, the, the depth that that shows the, the, the other might be Fred, but part of that is also because like Welker has been doing the role for so long that he, that, and he is, you know, Frank Welker is, um, in his seventies and is yeah. able to still play this teenager who like the, the the thing now is that like fred is kind of just like like sort of like an old man at heart even though they never actually like, exactly. say that but it is kind of like the thing about him it, and it's very funny but velma is the one who really benefits from um the one who really benefits from from that show i mean they all do but velma especially and uh mindy cone gets to do so much in in that two season show. And so going from that performance and that characterization to the, to like, as you said, what they have been doing that I didn't really love and be cool. And what I've heard, guess who, and, and guess who seems like it's, I mean, it's an, it's a, it's a different thing. It's a, it's an attempt to do like um, uh, the, the guests thing again, which is very cool. And and I love that, but it um, anyway, long story short. Yes. I, 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 agree with you about Mikuchi and, and I, I'm glad to hear she's doing, it's like, She's improving. Better. I think
0: if they decide to keep her around for a while, yeah. she could settle into a better position. Um, yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um So you say so out of curiosity, yeah. obviously the other the the principal members of the casters you mm-hmm. say are dubbing the voices. Yes. Um are they doing that live on set or is that after it is no
1: that's a great question um so in like so so this is not a henson production i should say even though a lot of the henson guys are are here um and i'll actually um at some point go into to why that is if uh if you'd like because it's very interesting um but there is um they're not doing that live on set so guys like rudman um who just just for like reference like so David rudman, who's scooby doo who's actually rudman is a producer on this uh this uh, uh special um he's doing his own scooby doo voice like on set uh mm-hmm. they're and they're recording it all, but like they're they're gonna dub over it later, so the voice actors are not there at all um and I actually think if I'm looking over yeah i mean I'm looking over the voice cast right now. DeBruzzo is the exception. She's the only one. And she probably redubbed later, is my guess. Um, but like everyone else, it's like Walker, Griffin, Lillard. John Reese davies uh, uh, came in to do Gnarly Beard. Dee Bradley Baker's there. Jeff Bennett's there. Um, so, yeah, it's all. It's just the puppeteers on set. Um, yeah. And I actually watched a couple of cool interviews with um, DeBruzzo and Peter Linz, especially. And Peter Linz had a lot to say because he... Uh, he played the most characters. He played the Phantom Parrot and Gnarly Beard and the the Pizza Guy and Lighthouse Lou and, and all those guys. Um, and he had a lot of cool things to to say that I'll share um, throughout the recording. But yeah, it's it's really neat um, and it's really cool that they did this. And the reason why I keep sort of referring to it as like a like this special thing slash movie slash whatever is that this was uh, all the, the, the original not the original idea. Um, but it's for it an, to be a TV show. Yeah. It was gonna possibly be a show, and, which I um, think
0: you could really tell by the way it is yeah. made and structured. Absolutely.
1: Um, I mean, I would have really dug that. It would, besides yeah. beyond the fact that it came out in 2013, um, I do not think it would have lasted long. It seems yeah. like it was pretty expensive to make. then um, doing yeah. that like 13 times in a season would be uh, uh, a lot because puppet stuff is expensive to make, as as expensive as animation is and can be. Um, building puppet sets and, and and puppets and stuff can yeah. can, be, can
0: be a lot. So, yeah. I think that because this is so clearly inspired by mm-hmm. a pup named Scooby Doo, yeah. I think that if this had came out like in the early '90s, like say mm-hmm. like 1993 or something, oh, yeah. they could have had a shot to make.
1: Well, yeah at least um, one
0: season of a show.
1: Well, and I mean, that was in a time where, like, puppet stuff was... It's not like there's no exactly. puppet stuff now. There's plenty. But, like, when but I think about, like... nobody's
0: making new puppet stuff really, Well, some folks
1: are, and I will actually... I'll, I'll go into that a little bit, because that's kind of relevant to, to the production company behind this um, uh, this thing. But, like, you know, you think of, like, Puzzle Place and uh, Eureka's Castle and Gullah Gullah Island. Not a whole puppet show, but there's a, the, the frog puppet. Um, you know, it's like... It, there's a lot more... There's a lot more of that kind of stuff. And I, I think this would have had a chance if it had come out um, in that era. Because that was in a time where like, everyone was uh, st- you know still mourning Jim Henson and mm-hmm. wanting to preserve his memory by doing puppet shit. So there was a lot of it. And it was more ever-present then than it was now. Although that could also just be like my age and when I was growing up with that stuff. Um, but I look around and it's like you know, the new Muppet Babies is CG. Um, there's the Hinson yeah. the stuff is like, you know, Pajanimals and da- no pajanimal Pajanimals I think is actual puppets. I've never, I, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I don't, um, but like dinosaur train is CG, stuff like that. So, so even instead of the science kid, like all stuff that would have been done with puppets in the early nineties is done with yeah. like some, and some of the, some of that CG is actually like puppeteering, but it's obviously not like building wholesale puppets. So it's like, it's like motion, the motion capture equivalent of puppeteering. Um, but yeah, I think, I think something like this show could have, like, could have been really successful back then. And I would have, uh, uh, probably loved it probably loved the hell out
0: of it. Yeah. I would have loved to see like more takes and stuff like, yeah. like, like, like Scooby-Doo puppets at like a haunted amusement park or mm-hmm. like just, you know, in all the classic environments, you know, yeah. a haunted house doing all kinds of bits in a haunted house would be yeah. great. But
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Oh well. I mean it's it's a it's a totally nice thing that we got, you know. Yeah. You can't really complain. It's it's but... and it's
1: such a strange anomaly, you know, in the whole franchise. Yeah. There's not really anything else like it. Um Yeah. and it's it's just I mean, and it's funny because it's like I would say since the 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 first live action film, we've seen it in so many different seen so many more different ways than than ever before, but it is a um, this one is still, for me, feels like the most wholly unique um, yeah. of everything I've seen, which is great.
0: Well, the Scooby... Like, the the most telling thing to me is that it is Scooby-Doo Adventures, the mystery yeah. map, right? Like, yeah. that is clearly new branding that they oh, came up with yeah. um, that didn't work out, but... No, it's a bummer. Yeah. Um. So, in general, what are your thoughts on this thing did you did you think it was well made well put together oh
1: yeah yeah. i i I heard you say did you enjoy it uh first and i'll answer that like yes like i obviously it's like a dtv thing and and they're they're trying some stuff so like 45 minutes is a little long um uh especially as segmented as it is um, you can tell it's like meant to be like like several like of the of the shorter like half episode things but it's um i i very much enjoyed it i like i was doing other stuff while i like once i settled into the rhythm of it um yeah. and it's it's three mini episodes with one bigger mystery which i think is very cool um i so i did enjoy it but more than i enjoyed it um i liked looking at it which is not yeah, really too. the same yeah. thing yeah i mean and it's i it's 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 really cool to look at and see. Um, the, it's so one of the things Peter Linz um, talked about at a, uh, the um, he, he there was a Comic Con interview with him, just like very brief, like like three four minutes something like that. Mm-hmm. But he and, and Peter Linz, just for like reference for those who are listening, he's the guy who performed Walter in uh, in the twenty eleven Muppets film and has gone on to become a, a staple of that troupe and is a really talented performer. Um, beyond Walter, he. Um, he now plays Robin the Frog. Um, he, it's, uh, he plays Statler, um, of Statler and Waldorf. He, a couple, and like Link Hogg. He's inherited a couple of the, the parts left vacant after, uh, Steve Whitmire was fired from, uh, from Disney and the Henson Company. He is also Ernie on Sesame Street. Excellent performer. Just really, really good. Um, a few people that we both know know how I feel about the 2011 Muppets film, but, peter (laughs) Linz and his performance of like walter is like not a part of that he is a fucking incredible puppeteer he's really great at what he does and he's talking about like how interesting it is for this group of performers who all like have an established rapport like these guys are all de is not a not a muppet performer she's not with the muppets but um she she has been on sesame with these with these other folks Mm -hmm. and you know they're talking about how like this is doing puppets but with like cartoon physics because they want to they want to be true to what Scooby-Doo is and i think yes. that's so fascinating because i hadn't really considered that when i was actually watching it but it really is like you know you, when when Velma walks around, you can hear that of her little feet. Yeah. You, like you you get the the whoosh, you get the the like Scooby Snack sound effects, all of that stuff. And you think of, I think about like the Muppets and stuff, and like that's not cartoons. Like it like they they're yeah. not. It doesn't. They don't move like that. They they move with like actual like they're they're. It's I feel like a not describing like the actual art of puppetry but it is like physicality it is like yeah. and they don't move with cartoon logic they move with like the 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 physics and logic of like of real weight and it's right. so funny to watch this thing and realize like oh yeah like they're, they're still doing a cartoon and and it's really i it, Peter well, i talks think a little bit about how how cool yeah. it was to get a chance to do that um, and experience a new way of like moving and stuff. Cause it's like, you know, he's like, they all glide. Like we're not, yeah. wa- we're not trying to make them look like they're walking. Like I'm trying to make, uh you know, Kermit or whoever look like they're walking they're They, they glide from room to room. And it's just, I don't know. It's just really cool. And I, I wish I had yeah. gotten a chance to watch it again before that. Sorry. I cut you off a second ago. Just, no, I'm I think that,
0: that where some of that comes from is that the Muppets and, and the residents of Sesame street are supposed to be, Theoretically, in our real world, right? right. Exactly. Yeah, with they real human with people. people. There, no there are in- no face humans in this right. at all.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, um, and it's just cool. And the sets are all—they're really cool. And I—they're yeah. making a new Fraggle Rock show right now. And I like—I was watching this, and and I don't think anybody creatively in this beyond like uh, you know performers um, are involved with that show, which I'm very excited to to see this year. But. They really, um I, I I this is kind of what I would want because they're like in a cave and stuff, and I was like, this is kind of yeah. what I would want Fraggal the new Fraggle Rock to look like. There's there's really creative uses of animation in the backgrounds, like, you know, backdrops mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, these caves look great. I was I and I was watching it and I was like this thing is directed by a guy named uh Joe MacNof, N O P H, who has no yes. other credits and who according well, to Stephanie Debrazo says it's a pseudonym, yeah. so I don't know who it is. Yeah.
0: That's what um, I thought, too. To, yeah. I, I mean, it could just be all of them together, you know. I, don't know.
1: I mean, yeah, it, yeah. who knows? I mean, it could just be, like, a sort of collective thing. But um, I'd love for this new Fraggle Rock thing to, to look like how this looks because it's really cool, like, watching them go down the, yeah. the, the caverns. I mean, and you can tell that this, too, this thing visually is inspired by the original Fraggle Rock. You can just tell, by the way, like, watching them walk down these caverns and stuff and being chased down down caves. It's, it's, it's really cool stuff
0: yeah i agree yeah. Uh, um yeah. let's go ahead and and go through yeah. the storyline and then you know when things jump out at us we'll we can talk about them because yeah. believe it or not this puppet show is not does not have the most you know tightly uh tightly no. packed in plot here though, no, so. not really. <laughs> yeah. um but yeah like it, it opens at the um at they're all hanging out at their at their treehouse. So and the treehouse is kind a pup your... names Scooby Doo thing, right? Yes, they had a treehouse. show. Exactly. Tree.
1: It's been a long time, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, it's your
0: awesome. first kind of clue in that this is um, basically inspired by by yeah. that show's interpretation of the characters, awesome. which is interesting because there was never like a directed DVD movie mm-hmm. of those characterizations. So this right. is kind of the only um, the only Longer than twenty-minute interpretation of yeah. those characters. Um, yeah, for sure. And we get our our brief introduction to all of the members of the gang and mm-hmm. what they do on a typical, I guess you know, Friday night or whatever. Um, Freddie is is uh, is doing standing weight lifts <laughs> and like. Yeah. Um, oh my um, God,
1: I love. I mean, and it's so, like Frank Welker, man, just sound, like.
0: The best. He sounds he's...
1: so young. And I know that, like, obviously that's like the thing. I've already said this. Yeah. But, like, God, his, his characterization of Fred is just so good. I love but it him. also
0: it's... is completely different in this one. Like, you yeah. can tell that he yeah. is. He never got to play kid Fred. No. Um, no,
1: it's so cool.
0: And he's clearly. You can hear it in his voice that he is having the time of his life. Like, he mm. thinks that these lines are so silly and fun. Yeah. And it's just. Oh, it made me smile every time he. he yeah got to deliver like a laugh line or whatever. This just it's the best. Yeah, and um, because
1: this isn't mystery incorporated or like any of the later characterizations, he gets to like, he gets to like just sort of play d- 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 like dumb, just, just very exactly. like the, the version of Freddie that like they joked, but became like the, the, the jokey reference point in the live action movies, which I like, by the way, I will say that I, yeah. I like both of those movies very much. And I think Freddie Prince Jr. is actually like pretty excellent um, in them. Um, for some reason, one like the way he says, "Maybe I quit" is like has been stuck in my head for the last like 19 years. <laughs> um, but it's it's funny to hear him like actually get to lean into the the dumbness because a lot of time, his his version of Fred is just like like I'm in charge and that's like the thing. But here he gets to actually be like kind of a twerp, which I really is is very. Pro- he probably had a great time doing, it, and I think you can hear that.
0: Well, speaking of Frank Welker, yeah, probably the biggest and most important thing about this entire special is that yeah. we get to hear Frank Welker say treasure 20 times over the course of this thing. I mean, yeah. that that is, <laughs> that is truly when you get down into the weeds of yeah. people who have watched way too much Scooby-Doo. Uh-huh. Um, that is like the thing is Frank yeah. Welker says, sp- pronounces the word treasure so bizarrely and always has like all the he way back to the original it like show. Tim Blake
1: Nelson and Oh Brother. Like, it's exactly, so... Exactly, yeah, exactly.
0: It's so funny. <laughs> so, it's so it's so great that we could do your music all yeah. the time. Like, I wonder if when they were writing it, they were like, give all of the lines about treasure to Frank. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> let, let him go yeah. off. It's hilarious. It's so, it's so good. good. Um, but obviously Velma is doing some sort of complex equations on her computer. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know as you do and yeah. uh it's daphne so funny is...
1: i love this thing of just like she's got the the main frame shit it's so fun i yeah. love it it's, yeah. it's very it's very codenamed kid next door which is to say it's very pup named scooby-doo because right right yeah yeah i love it
0: um and daphne is organizing her shoe collection of course
1: of course yeah because you know like that's her thing when you when you make everything as simple as it possibly can be, it's like, yeah, Daphne gets in trouble and has clothes. Like, that's the thing. That's right.
0: And yeah. that's fine, you know? Yeah, and that's okay. <laughs> Why not? We,
1: we, all, we all play a part.
0: Yeah. Um, and then Shaggy and Scooby are waiting for their pizza uh-huh. to arrive. Um, yeah, of
1: course. Yeah. Um. Which
0: it does. It's delivered by Stew the Pizza Man, who is uh-huh. our, our first non-member of the gang. Yeah. Um, and he gives them this pizza. It's It's gross. It is truly disgusting yeah. looking it's got i mean i would probably still eat it but it's got like pickles and all sorts of pickles on pizza are good but when combined with the um the amorphous blobs of other uh-huh. things that are on this pizza it does not right. look very good <laughs> um, have yeah. you had pickles on pizza
1: no i was just contemplating what that would be like i bet it's great i had fried pickles with one of my uh, one of my best friends last night uh also that, uh, we can we can go have fried pickles in person with our friends again. Um, exactly. I, uh, I, and I enjoyed that greatly. But I have not had pickles on pizza, and, and I'm curious about it.
0: I think it's good. A classic cheeseburger pizza with, like, oh, yeah. little bits of hamburger and, and yeah. pickles and extra cheese and that sort of thing. Great, great. Highly recommend. Um, but there turns out to be a secret ingredient in this pizza, which is a, a treasure, treasure map. A treasure
1: map so
0: cool yeah exactly yeah, just yeah. just perfect silly cartoon logic nonsense you know like um like that even seems like something that would be too much for the muppets <laughs> you know
1: yeah in like, for
0: sure. um but uh we get treated to the, we find out that this is velma is able to of course find out just by looking at it and then typing something into her computer <laughs> that this is yeah. the uh <laughs> map to gnarly beard's treasure um gnarly,
1: yeah that's that's yes. the other thing that really identifies it as pup named Scooby-Doo because like they yeah. like it's they 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 use a lot of the I mean gnarly beard is like is 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 just a very funny name in general but like uh they'll they'll say things like Gnarlier or, or like whatever, and that yeah. and, like Pup Named Scooby Doo really kind of has that identity too, Um because yeah. the, the, like they live. N- Ethan, you'll know this for sure. Pup Named Scooby Doo is when I really clocked that they lived in Coolsville. Did, yes. Is that where it starts?
0: it does not um okay. they it is in the very first episode of scooby-doo where are you but okay even it's been a very but they, long time since i they the a, a don't show. spend a lot of time in coolsville uh-huh. in that show because they're always driving around to different places and b they do not use it very much after that first yeah. episode so yeah. pup named scooby-doo is where it really becomes like a so thing so i i really associate it, it with like
1: and it's not they're not like talking like Ninja Turtles or anything like that, but it, but like that's what yeah, I really yeah, yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I agree I mean. agree it's uh, totally
0: it's yeah it, pop name Scooby Doo is very much an 80s cartoon for sure um,
1: and gnarly beard is a great name for anyone, yes so yeah
0: also it's fun because like over the course of Scooby Doo we've had so many different we've had this is the third riff on uh-huh. Blackbeard because we've yeah. had Redbeard then in the Pirates movie we have uh-huh. Skunkbeard and then this one is Gnarly <laughs> Beard. Um, and the idea is that he he's called Gnarly Beard because his beard smells so terrible. So I mean, gross.
1: of course it does. I, I mean, look yeah, at I it. I mean, it's yeah. So
0: let's let's be honest. Blackbeard's beard probably smelled <laughs> terrible too. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, these pirates were not known for hygiene. I don't think. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: um, um, but Gnarly Beard had a had a companion as mm-hmm. well. a A giant Parrot,
1: yeah. which
0: they called the Phantom Parrot.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't know about you, but every time I heard them say Phantom P- Parrot, I was thinking of Phantom Planet, which the band. Um, <laughs> which That's I pretty
1: like, funny. Uh, the, fan- the Jason Schwartzman should um, not play anyone in Scooby Doo, but he should play Scooby Doo villain.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, but uh, they've they've got to find this this treasure, so they go, yeah. and treasure. they. I mean, yeah, this treasure. When you get a mystery map dropped in your lap, you gotta follow it,
1: right? You have to, yeah.
0: Um, so they go to our first sort of, for, sort of uh, location. Like, like uh-huh. this is mainly just a a a uh, an avenue for them to go to different fun set pieces, right? Yeah, like, and, and, and play That's around. so good. Like
1: the ship, and the, I mean, the mm-hmm. Well, the ship comes after, but like the lighthouse and the cave and the god it's i mean sorry i'm jumping yeah. around but it, it's no like, it's all so good these um, locations rock it's so cool yeah.
0: yeah yeah they they get to this cavern which as mm-hmm. you say is is very fraggle rockish yeah, <laughs> um, that's cool. and uh they meet some potential suspects here yeah we've got um what is her name oh dr escobar Yes, who is who is this very um, sort Sorry. of link and bass design. Yes. Right? Like it's,
1: yeah, it's really good. Um yeah, I like it a lot. Um
0: Gnarly Beard also looks like uh, looks like the Yeti from um, Rudolph yeah. Oh, Yeah,
1: he does. I'm actually hang on, I'm gonna I'm I'm looking at a picture of Gnarly Beard right now and he, he does look like that. Um, I, I do wanna point out again, I know I said this a couple of times. Um, but Peter Linz is the guy who's playing most of these characters, um, who, who like, like we talked about Stu already, Gnarly Beard, the Phantom Parrot, like, and, and, you know, like, it's because all the other, the, all the other characters are main characters, but like, my favorite performers, uh, in puppet, like, material, mostly hints and stuff, really, are always like the utility guys, like Frank Oz. Was phen- you know, is a phenomenal performer and his su- his successor, Eric Jacobson, who who performed Shaggy in this, is, is doing an amazing job with his characters, too. Um, but, like, between the two of them in, like, you know, Just the Muppets, if we remove Sesame Street from everything, they're- they have four characters, really. Like, Piggy, Fozzie, yeah. Sam the Eagle, and Animal. And a few others, too, but, like... But my favorites have always been the guys who, you know, in, like, even just one sketch or scene will play yeah. two or three three care like there's a uh, performer named jerry nelson who um uh, passed away about uh almost 10 years ago who originated robin the frog and and a bunch <coughs> of other characters um but he's the guy who i think like really kind of set the standard for how we th- for how how like most modern um puppet uh um performers uh mostly with henson but but again beyond are like kind of utility people because they learn how to play all these other different characters and so like I'm just thinking about the physicality of, like, a guy like Gnarlybeard, who's sort of, like, heavy set and Stu, who's, yeah. like, you know... Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a lanky pizza guy. And then Phantom Parrot, who's always flapping his wings and stuff. And it's, like, these people are so fucking talented. There's, can I swear, Ethan? Yeah. I assume so. You're fine. You're fine. Right. But just, I like, think again... That... Yeah.
0: This this podcast is not is not designed for the target audience of Scooby Doo Adventures: The Mystery Map So Probably
1: not. Sorry, parents, if you listened. Um, but <clears throat> but Peter Linds is just, he's so good at what he does, and it's that that's yeah. Uh, gotta had yeah. To, had to throw him out there. He's great. So.
0: Um, but Doctor Escobar has a <laughs> a
1: very funny name.
0: <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. She has a compatriot <clears throat> <clears throat> throat> named Shirley. Who?
1: Yeah. Also voiced by DeBrezo. Um, there you go. Point out, yeah.
0: Who Freddie immediately has a crush on?
1: Yes. Um. And that actually remind. Doesn't Velma continually call Freddie like Fredward or or, or something? She yeah.
0: calls him Fredward in this yeah. um, a couple of times, which is, as far as I know, the only time that that is a thing. His name is yeah. Frederick, obviously. Um, of course. Yeah. Cause you know that's what people name Fred or name. <laughs> <I mean>, yeah, <laughs> but,
1: you, you, I, there's Fred Ward is the name of an actor, <laughs> um, but there is I, yeah. But I, I don't know of a single person I know named Fred whose real name is Fred Ward. One word.
0: Well, the know. thing is, Freddie from iCarly's real name is Fred Ward.
1: Really. And okay. this
0: is 2013, and hmm. they may ha- may or may not have lifted that joke from iCarly. Okay. So there you go jack i am i'm I'm letting you know (laughs) um but yes so freddie is obsessed with this girl surely he thinks she smells very nice sure and always says this and daphne immediately scolds him afterwards which is cute and fun fun little tete-a-tete they've got um but they make it into this cavern and the uh the lighting and everything is is really nice, and, uh-huh. and really, yeah. it really um, atmospheric and everything. Mm-hmm. And this is where we meet the Phantom Parrot for the first time, because uh-huh. this really big guy, like he's giant compared to them. Yeah, I uh, would be very intimidated if I saw a giant giant parrot. You know, like like a, a ghost pirate. I wouldn't want to be around. No, but I already theory... don't
1: like parrots. Really, um, exactly. I was pretty exactly. like terrified of parrots when I was a when I was a kid. Like I hated the way that I would follow me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, Ethan, while we're talking, I found a picture I was looking for. It's Peter Lin's, um holding up a um, gnarly beard at uh, San Diego Comic Con back when the year this came out. It's just mm-hmm. for you. You you probably saw it in your research, but it's a it's a great little little image. Um, yeah it's yeah, It's great
0: yeah he's in that's the thing is like he's doing
1: the face you
0: know he's doing a. a it really is a lot a, like
1: the abominable snowman yeah now that i'm yeah. really looking like it's the lips it's very mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's cool anyway yeah. back to the plot
0: somehow. um yeah so they, they they're not really much happens in this in this mm-hmm. cave they just kind of run away from him but yeah this next sequence in my opinion is the crown jewel of this special Uh the lighthouse sequence i think is yeah incredible (laughs) um they first of all just the set of the lighthouse is amazing just Mm. beautiful to look at and and again incredibly atmospherically lit um yeah really cool physical space um which really um feels like you know if you go back to the
1: mm-hmm.
0: old old scooby-doo right yeah yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. obviously yeah. the animation is not the cleanest or the the best right yeah. i mean yeah. everybody makes fun of this it's just the thing of course but yeah. the, the stuff that that still to this day <clears throat> looks incredible are the hand-painted backgrounds uh-huh. of yeah. those old scooby-doo episodes yes. Be- and this Yes, this lighthouse looks like one of those, in a real physical space. Like mm. it, it feels exactly like somewhere they would be running away from Captain Cutler or something. Right. Um, and it, it, just, it looks so good. But they, uh, they need to, to, to capture this giant parrot, right? So they, um, they designate that shaggy is going to be this this parrot for uh-huh. them um and they they <laughs> what he's going to do is he's going to dress up like a giant cracker because that's how <laughs> you appeal to a yes, giant
1: I, parrot
0: is I, you get a I, giant cracker everybody knows this
1: what you do yes
0: like i think even freddie is like you know polly want a cracker and they're like uh-huh. oh yeah polly want a cracker that's a uh-huh. thing <laughs> they uh he so he has this he's just like his head sticking out of a giant cracker it's yeah. it's a hilarious costume but then like this sequence of him walking up all these stairs and everything they've got all these hitchcockian angles mm-hmm. and like like they're going up from below and down from above and yeah. zooms in on his face and everything it's cool, yeah and he he realizes that he is a delicious salty cracker, so he starts eating himself, his own costume. <laughs> um, I, I I
1: feel like that is very unique to this, but like the thing I love about Shaggy and and the characterization of, of Shaggy across like all versions of Scooby Doo is that he is goofy and like he, he, I my like bold claim is that Shaggy is um, the Best character across the, and maybe it's not a bold claim, but I, but I will like, uh, uh, like heap some superlatives on. I think he is the best character in Scooby Doo, um, across all versions. Like if we're talking across, truly across all of them, like right. he is the most consistent characterization. And I am including Scooby Doo um, himself there because Scooby is that's totally fine, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> um, like, like how in the last like t- ten years or so, Scooby has really started to like. Talk like a person, truly, instead of like instead of like Scooby Doo. Um, yes. Um, and 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 the thing is, you can do the thing about it is that I really adore, and a part of this is just because it really has mainly been Casey Kasem and um, Matt Lillard uh, throughout you know the the duration of the the franchise. But you can have him do almost anything, and it will sound like Shaggy. Um, yeah. It will just. It will al- It will always sound right. With Fred, Velma, and Daphne, there's like there's some wiggle room, but the the core of Shaggy is so simple. Um, it, like Shaggy is is all about contentment and comfort. And he'll do anything it takes to get those things. And it's what sets him apart from everyone else, even Scooby. Um, Because Scooby is a dog, and Scooby lives to serve. So Scooby is out for himself, but he is also a dog, and he is loyal. Shaggy is all about, what do I need to do to get to a place where I am going to feel like nothing bad is ever going to happen to me or anyone I care about ever again? And so you can have him do anything, like Eat himself when he is disguised as a cracker, and even though it is very broad and wouldn't happen in, like, Mystery Incorporated or, like, you know, wh- what have you, um, which, I'll go and uh, be uh, up front and say that I think that that is my personal favorite version of, of Scooby-Doo, um, that show, that wonderful show, um, it, it always fits. It never feels out of place. You could have him do just about anything, and as long as, it, and as, long as it's, like, performed with the right amount of, like, shaggy rogers like like heart it always works and and i and so i love the moment that you were describing because it doesn't feel out of place even though this is a like a different world than these other things like like both because it is in a different level of continuity and because like the physics of the world are different um their ages are different all that stuff it still just totally fits because it's like it is identifiably shaggy and that's one of the great like we don't have that with like we don't really have that with beloved cartoon characters anymore who have lasted like for quite this long. Mm -hmm. Like I think if SpongeBob goes long enough, we'll feel that way about SpongeBob. Um, But like Looney Tunes and stuff, there have been so like, there are so many versions of Looney Tunes that like, I can't even 100% say that like uh, something that like Bugs Bunny does is, is going to register no matter what, Version of Bugs Bunny right. it is. Does that make sense? Like the soul feels different at version no, yeah. version, but Shaggy is always Shaggy. Or if you
0: look at like yeah, but yeah. It, it's not even just like the the consistency of the who's voicing them. Because right. if you look at like Homer Simpson right now uh-huh. is a completely different character than Homer Absolutely. Simpson was thirty and years ago. And it's still it's still right? Dan, you
1: know, and it, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. that, that was not it, a digression I planned on a, going, but it's, yeah. whew, I love Shaggy. No, you're good. And I love um, that
0: moment. This, so yeah, like, he gets to the top, he's eating himself, and then the, the parrot starts <laughs> taking bites out of his his cracker, uh-huh. so he runs all the way back down the, st- the stairs, uh-huh. and this next sequence is absolutely insane, uh-huh. <laughs> um, where, where he's got his back up against the wall and is like screaming and like basically pleading for his life yeah, in this yeah. <laughs> scooby-doo puppet show yeah. and then uh they they drop the cage on top of the parrot and yeah unmask it they should do. yeah and, and it's, it's uh, uh it's,
1: it's it's um 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 it's a uh, stew not lou Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. It yeah. is okay. Stu, the pizza guy. Right. Uh, which is funny because Matthew who, Lillard played a guy named Stu who was the killer in Screen. Um,
0: that's correct. Which that's I believe Matt. is on
1: IMDb's trivia page. But I thought of that when I was watching it. I was like, "This sounds like some IMDb trivia," and then it was. So. Well,
0: there you go. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. They they capture the guy. <clears throat> it's Stu. He's uh, he's obviously chasing after them to get back his treasure map. Uh-huh. Um, which is hilarious because he says that while they were baking the pizza, it fell into the batter or whatever, and it got baked in.
1: <laughs> um, Which is so
0: stupid.
1: Like, and, I yeah. mean, it's great. It's just, it's such a funny thing for, like, wh- yeah. well, why was why was the map there? Because it fell in accidentally. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just, yeah. it's so so silly and yeah. fun. Um, yeah. They capture him, and... Mm-hmm. You might think that this is the end of the uh, end of the episode, but mm-hmm. it's not. There's then more. I think I mistakenly said that there were the, three the segments
1: earlier, but there were just two, right?
0: There are two. Technically, yeah. yes.
1: For some there reason, it two. felt like there were three to me, but I think that's just because I'm insane, Ethan. So I apologize for my uh, my blunders. That's fair.
0: You're good. Um, um, they've they captured the parrot, but they've yet to find the treasure or even interact with gnarly beards so yeah, but before we, we get to that we're treated to a lovely little song and dance party thing <laughs> in <It>, musical <laughs> yeah. interlude which which is ridiculous. i read
1: that the songs are all like not then none of them were original for this they're all like, that's older, correct yes. okay great um yeah it's and very interesting previous, they don't seem to have um, much to do with the story direct to dvd
0: so. yeah no they have nothing to do with it But before we get to the second
1: uh-huh.
0: uh, segment, Jack, uh-huh. it is time for a game.
1: Awesome. This
0: game is called Scooby or Not Scooby. And the way it works is that I appreciate I appreciate collect... how well
1: that scans. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. I collect a, a series of titles, uh-huh. some of which will be episodes of Scooby-Doo, and then some of which will be episodes of Something Else. Okay. The Something Else this week, Jack... Uh is fraggle rock so boy oh
1: boy oh boy oh boy all right
0: so you're gonna have to tell me is it an episode of scooby-doo or an episode of fraggle rock okay so here we go all right a dark and stormy night um
1: i want to uh, um I didn't realize this is gonna be cool i mean there's um i think it's Fraggles. i'm gonna get
0: you're correct i do okay. have synopses for these is, can i guess so. is
1: that the one i'm I, I this is there here's the real game um is that the one where they are going to um it's something to do with the gorgs and like and them mm-hmm. going up to the gorg kingdom, but it's like it's it's uh, it's. uh, Sorry, this is not interesting for the listener at all. What? I, <laughs> but but I, anyway, I just remember there being gorgs involved. I haven't watched the whole series. In a I very mean, long
0: you're time, correct. Ma and Pa okay. Gorg go on an overnight trip, leaving Junior alone in the castle for the first time. Right. Meanwhile, Gobo thinks that all the gorgs have gone on vacation, so he decides to explore their castle
1: uh man talk about some great puppet characters across time uh junior gorg is just one of the great characters um it's just it's
0: a great name more than anything really
1: yeah I, i adore him all right cool i'm ready i'm ready for more
0: scared silly
1: that's i think um That's a Fraggle. Um, that's a, that that's a, a fraggle, fraggle Rock episode that has Boober at the center of it. If I, yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: Boober is testing Beluviuses, okay. which, as we all know, are Fraggle tails which flare out when yes. a Fraggle is scared. Yeah. Wembley wants to get even and scare Boober back, but things go too far. Or do they? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. W-
1: Wembley, also one of the great ones.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh Rocky Mountain Yee!
1: That's, I think, gotta be a Scooby.
0: <laughs> that is a
1: Scooby Okay. <laughs> there, is a, uh, there is a a Muppet special called Rocky Mountain Holiday, but it's, it's Holiday, not Rocky Mountain Yee.
0: The kids take a vacation to Pratt's Ski Lodge, but they're not the only ones. Pretty soon, the ghost of Jeremiah Pratt shows up to look for his lost caravan and a fortune in gold.
1: I bet he gets away with it too.
0: Yeah, yeah. If only there weren't any meddling kids in the way.
1: Exactly.
0: Next one is called Stowaways.
1: Um, uh, Scooby? It is. Okay.
0: The guys are in search of food and head over to Captain Jack's floating restaurant, but they soon discover they boarded a ship setting off for sea, and the crew will throw any stowaways overboard to the sharks. Okay. That's a scrappy do, classic.
1: We all love scrap.
0: Mm-hmm. The terrible tunnel.
1: That's a fraggle.
0: Yeah. 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 When accidentally finds the legendary terrible tunnel, of mm-hmm. course.
1: I uh, I uh, boy, I remember that tunnel well.
0: The frickert fracas.
1: Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> all right. I, I absolutely no memory. I am gonna guess Scooby.
0: That is a Scooby-Doo. Okay. Wait till you hear this one. Okay. When the gang volunteer to drive Jonathan Winters to his friend Maud Frickert's farmhouse, yeah. they run into two shady people skulking around and a living scarecrow. It appears that Maud's secret formula, which turns a rooster into a giant, is the cause of the brouhaha. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Just
0: makes sense that that entire plot just scans the whole way down (laughs) (laughs) the beast from blue rock
1: um that feels wait say it again
0: the beast from blue rock
1: okay i know that i i i that's that is a fraggle but blue rock is one word right
0: um maybe i'm not sure
1: okay on my old fraggle rock dvds i think it's one word which is why the the boy uh this is pedantic um which is why like i, I got confused at first because in the episode it's it, they talk about blue like it's pronounced like blue rock um so anyway sorry you're fine yeah,
0: w- yeah. Wembley fraggle has a major falling out with his best friend gobo and then with their friendship on the rocks Wimbley must follow him on an incredible adventure into the lair of a mythical, fearsome beast. Okay, we have one more. Jack. Okay, okay. You've been perfect up until this point.
1: Yeah. Oh.
0: No pressure. All right. Don't get a big head.
1: Uh, don't
0: get a big head. Yes, that is a Scooby-Doo yeah, a Scooby. okay. <laughs> from the ill-fated Shaggy and Scooby-Doo. Get a clue. Uh-huh. The premise here is that Dr. Phineas Fibes is convinced that the sole reason he continually is defeated by Scooby and Shaggy is that he is simply not smart enough. So he uses a nano formula that makes him super smart, but gives him an abnormally large head. <clears throat> <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> I can't wait until somebody wants to cover that one on the show. Ah. <laughs> I will be thrilled. But back to Scooby-Doo Adventures: yeah. Yeah, The Mystery yeah, yeah. Map.
1: Great.
0: We are chilling back at the at the um, at the treehouse. Uh huh. We're sad because we we weren't able to find a treasure. I would, it's Even funny because
1: when this was when I was watching this, it came with another Scooby thing. Like it, like it, it, Scooby goes to the races or like something. I, I really don't know. And I mean, I watched it. I logged it on Letterboxd, but I can't remember it. <laughs> um, but um, I was, I'm watching it at this point, like 22 minutes or whatever it passed, and I'm like, how many of it? Like I, I genuinely had no idea. I was like, I had forgotten that like on home releases, it's always there's always another cartoon. And I was like, "How many more of these are there gonna be?" And not—I yeah. mi- was like, "I learned, of course, very quickly, not many." But it's funny because I also would have loved it if it had. Ju- I mean, I was great. I was glad to have more into meet Gnarly Beard, but it would have been really funny if they just like didn't find the treasure and that was the end. I agree. I yeah. agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Um, this this bit is the most reminiscent of pop name Scooby Doo to me, which is uh-huh. weird. And- the TV comes on and is explaining everything that just happened. And the yeah. and the, the broadcaster starts talking back to them <laughs> um, where he's like, you know, he, he for whatever reason is announcing that Stu, the pizza man, has been, uh, has been captured as pretending to be <laughs> the phantom <laughs> parrot. Yeah. But um, he... You know, they're like, wait, is there still a treasure? And, you know, he p- pokes his head through the TV and is like, of course, there's still a treasure, you, you dummies. Yeah. But um, Velma figures out that they're where the X should have been on mm-hmm. the mystery map um, is where Scooby-Doo took a bite out of the pizza. Uh-huh. So she gets out her handy-dandy X-ray uh, machine. Yeah. And- <laughs> and Which Velma should so- always have yes yeah. yes i mean as a detective it feels like something that would be very helpful in many yeah. cases
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, um she holds up the, the the device to scooby-doo's stomach and we mm-hmm. see the actual location of the treasure is going to be not at the old abandoned cavern or the old and abandoned creepy lighthouse but the old and abandoned creepy bluff so uh-huh. <laughs> that's that's their next destination um along the way they they see they see what's her name dr escobar of course and shirley um and fred once again isn't is obsessed with shirley's scent Mm -hmm. um and then we get to the the bluff start looking around they is this is this where they get locked in or did that already happen that may have happened in the cavern and i I think that happened in the cavern yes yeah but that we should talk about that because that's when we see Scooby-Doo transform into a giant ball.
1: Um, yeah, let's talk about that real quick. Um, what an incredible moment. Um, yes, I, yes I love that. He like it's so funny that like there like Scooby can just turn into a ball, which is like one of those yeah. like and, and the ball puppet is really great. I'm sure it's just like a, an actual ball of like Scooby. Um, puppet skin, like, over it. but it's um, <laughs> but it's so yeah. it's so funny. I I um, that moment absolutely rocks. I love it. It's so cool. And I, I I've always loved that. Like Scooby is just this like, um, l- like you like utility dog. <laughs> um, like yeah, it, it's yeah. just so funny. Like his tail. How many times has his tail been like the motor for a boat? You know exactly. Yeah, yeah yep. I love that yep. shit. That's so good.
0: Um, they get to the top of the bluff mm-hmm. and they uh find where the X is supposed to be. yeah, um the gang splits up, and Shaggy and Scooby are left to dig up the treasure um right. they do find an actual x in the dirt, which starts right. glowing and um and they hear gnarly Beard's voice telling them what what to say. It's like uh. a an incantation which they yeah. repeat and they get launched the the x springs up out of the ground and launches them through the sky and <clears> onto <throat> gnarly beard's pirate ship
1: yeah <laughs> um and they get what happens
0: this ne- this next bit is so funny to me uh-huh. i loved it um of you know the the other three have to figure out how to get onto the ghost ship of course right. yeah. um velma does quick <laughs> it, some, this part uh, just uh, the the humor in this is really well done it's yeah. really funny it is, yeah. um the dialogue is great because Daphne says that boat's moving really fast and then um. Velma you know gets out of her computer and does some quick calculations and is like jinkies Daphne you're right that boat is moving very fast scientifically speaking it's moving 95 <laughs> knots or whatever and then Fred looks out and he's like yes i do think that boat is moving really fast because like fred has to have the final word over right. and over in this uh this special which is really good yeah. his like mansplaining is part of his character yeah um but obviously they have to find a way onto this boat and daphne presents them with the option of riding in her hot pink plane yeah Yeah, because it is her father's plane which he has many of stashed all across right, the world the because they would other Daphne
1: somewhere. is of course rich Always. yes 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 yeah
0: which was significantly part of her character in a pup named scooby-doo of course mm-hmm. with the butler and everything right. so this is all very fitting and very fun yeah um it's good stuff back on gnarly beard's boat we do get treated to a shot of his beard it mm-hmm. is gnarly in fact very gnarly it is yes. uh
1: yeah his reputation and name uh
0: absolutely precede him yeah yeah it's it's gross <laughs> it's um, yeah he makes them swab the planks and everything swab mm-hmm. the poop decks and everything yeah. like that um, and then finally they they arrive on an island mm-hmm. where the treasure may actually be hidden mm-hmm. but it turns out that gnarly beard himself has actually dug up the treasure already um. Which is very handy. Yeah. Uh, they um. They tried to capture him, and is this, this is the, the hula dancing bit, right? Yeah. I thought yeah, was. That's so. fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um. They they have Shaggy and Scooby dress up like, hula dancers, which is,
1: mm-hmm.
0: always classic, always funny. Yeah. But of course, the trap backfires and they get caught um they do a little run around and then eventually they do catch the the pirate i'm just kind of blowing through this because it is a little yeah. repetitive and is. It, you know.
1: i mean it yeah it, yeah it is it is <laughs> if, if this had gone to series like i like the idea that it would have been um
0: if it was 20 minutes it'd be great it'd be perfect
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah no for sure i mean it, it is um it's funny how many of the bits do repeat like constantly, and even for Scooby Doo, like Fred being <laughs> like a little bit of a of a, of a d wad, it, it, like it's you know like it like saying what Velma just said um, is like it, it's kind of it does get kind of old after like the second time, um, but it's still fun. It's still fun because it's like it's a fun show sure. and it's Scooby Doo. So
0: it is f- actually, however. Freddie, who finds out who the culprit is, because mm. naturally we assume it would be either Lighthouse Lou or Doctor mm. Escobar, because they are large and they've got yeah. the proportions. Mm-hmm. But and they just seem untrustworthy because they are adults, of course. But yeah. um, it is in fact Shirley with the sweet smell.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Although that smell might not be so sweet because you know apparently. Fred's the only one who likes it, um, yeah. and that's how he was able to immediately <laughs> identify her.
1: I forgot about that. That's a really that's a really good.
0: Um, we we also find out that uh, that and this is maybe the most childish bit of the thing is that you know Dr. Escobar's been running around all all night looking yeah. for her great archaeological find of the century or whatever and if yeah. it turns out it's her missing stuffed animal that she's been looking for or whatever yeah. um so that's all the Lucidens wrapped up we get to open the treasure mm-hmm. and it's not gold at all do you no. remember what it is Scooby do you remember Stacks. what it is it's
1: its Scooby to right
0: it's not Scooby Snacks. The there fun? were been, Scooby it's been Snacks. It's been two weeks
1: since I watched this, and I've had a lot. It's no, you're fine. You're, fine. you're totally <laughs> fine. You're it? I, I would have. If I were writing it, it would have been Scooby Snacks. But there, there were Scooby Snacks slower,
0: on they... the ship, yeah. kind of inexplicably. Uh, right. That's a real cinema sin for yeah. this this film. Right. You know, yeah. Chuck up a ding on that one. But yeah. um, inside of the inside of the chest, I'm not surprised you don't remember it because it is really. A strange bit in choice mm-hmm. is um a bunch of hair care products like shampoos and conditioners yeah. for the gnarly beard, uh-huh. which doesn't actually make sense because his beard is nasty yeah you know, it is that's another put another ding up on the board um yeah <laughs> this is i'm I've changed my mind I hate this thing it doesn't make any sense it has no <laughs> it has no internal logic whatsoever. No, <laughs> not. Um, not it doesn't but, fit
1: my my typical standards for uh for scooby-doo to always like be airtight when it comes to logic mm-hmm. like plot holes yes. like like if you played a drinking game across all of scooby-doo media um for how many times there are like leaps of logic or or, or things that just like don't quite make sense um i'd be yeah. dry as a bone by the end because it doesn't it, right. it just simply doesn't happen at all
0: yeah yeah completely completely yeah. um
1: Shaggy then... <laughs> is real. That's all I'm gonna say. Shaggy is real.
0: <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. These, these he are is.
1: documentaries.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Real real human men can eat that much food and then run that fast <laughs> and still yeah. be that scary. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah. <laughs> they uh the 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 special ends with Scooby and Shaggy using the the shampoos and everything in the bath mm-hmm. while the rest of the gang are upset because they need to use the bathroom and the in the treehouse mm-hmm. and they can't and that's the end of the special
1: yeah,
0: sure um, a wonderful time
1: yeah
0: as far as i'm concerned oh, um, yeah.
1: i'd love for them to make another one but i mean this came out in 2013 so yeah probably.
0: i don't know never... that that's in the cards no um, i would guess not before we get to chinkies or stinkies jack Uh yeah is there anything else you wanted to bring up perhaps that we didn't touch on
1: um i have i have two things one is probably better for after the the game um but the other one i'll mention really briefly it's a puppet related thing so here's my theory about 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 scooby-doo adventures um the the mystery map so the the production company is called Spiffy Pictures, um, who are a puppeteer, a puppet, a puppet and animation studio um, created by one of the puppeteers of the special, David Rudman and his brother um, Adam Rudman, and David Rudman um, uh, performed Scooby in this, and David Rudman has been with the with the Hensons. Um, in Sesame Street for years and years and years. Douglas is going to rattle off some of his characters. With the Muppets, he inherited, um, all, you know, a lot of Richard Hunt's characters, so that means Scooter, and his version of Scooter is, like, it was It was hard for me to get used to at first, but it, it is now, like, fully his, I think, and it's great. He's uh, Janice from the Muppets. i not a huge fan of his Janice, but, you know, that's kind of a hard character to do. Um, he was Miss Poogie in the 2011 Muppets, a character that I hate, um, and he's currently Cookie Monster, and has actually been Cookie Monster since the uh, the mid to late 90s when Frank Oz started phasing out of Sesame Street. And he's he's great at what he does. Uh, David Rudman is a really excellent performer and like uh, creative um, guy, and you know he's worked on everything. I mean, his first credit is Muppets Take Manhattan, he did um, he did some uh, some work there. He did worked on Labyrinth. Um, also on Sesame Street, he's like a Baby Bear. Um, he's awesome. He's so 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 good at what he does. Um, and he's if you name a Henson thing in the last like 30, 40 years, he's done it. Um, and he has started to get into his into creating stuff on his own, and that includes spiffy pictures. And I have not seen a lot of these shows. There's um there's there's a show called Dog Cat Blog Chat. There's a show called wow. uh, on Disney called Bunny Town. Um, uh, there's, um, uh, Jack's big music show, um, which is, I'm not in hey. not about me, but yeah, <laughs>
0: that's a, that's, that's all that's for you. You should watch it. It's a I, puppet I show called I Jack's. Should.
1: Um, but, and, and, and one of the things that Scooby Doo adventures, the mystery map, my guess maybe is that David Rudman or his brother directed this. David seems to do more of the directing, um, as well as the performing. And, and it seems like his brother does a lot of production and, 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 um, uh, and writing work but the thing about them that I, I wanted to bring up just because like who who knows someone might be into this I don't know um it's been a long time since I started experience, and, and I just want to point out a lot of those mo- all of the shows I just named none of them are Henson things um it makes it sound like I work for the Hensons I don't it's just like the world of puppetry <laughs> is so large now um yeah. that it, back in the day it really would have all just been Jim Henson but like It's not. Um, But one of the things that I really adore um, that has been that is a new a newer thing that's also not Henson, but that um, the Rudmans worked on um, is is a show that is um, it's sort of a fascinating object. And, you know, this is a podcast about Scooby-Doo. And And of course, that
0: show, that film is The Happy Time Murders your yes. favorite thing
1: yes I everybody it. loves it i love happy time Murder. no i don't um, it's, it's <laughs> cool. um no i it apologize it is please a, what no, is it it's okay it's okay uh, well you know it's funny like i um if you were to um if you were to show up at my house stick a gun in my face and say tell me if you think the the, the muppets 2011 or the happy time murders it would be a, like is the bigger blight on jim henson's like like uh Life and career. Mm-hmm. You might have to shoot me <laughs> um, because I don't actually know what the answer would be, mm. um, and I and I mean that truly and sincerely. I, um, I know you do. <laughs> um, and I say that liking the 2011 Muppets spell more of far more than than Happy Time Murders, which is not even a movie. But I have really specific and strange thoughts about these things, which are uh, well documented elsewhere. There is a show called Donkey Hodie. Um, donkey, like donkey. I just heard about HMBA. this. Yes. So, yeah, here's the wild thing about it. This being a podcast about, like, Scooby-Doo, people who listen to the show and who are on this show, I, I have to imagine think a lot about, like, uh, you know, like like f- how, like, th- things that are well-known, like franchises or intellectual mm-hmm. property, if you want to, IP, like cha- change and evolve over time and, and that kind of yes. thing. And one of the fascinating things um, is that t- the two of the people who are most responsible for the way that um, children's media... Um, responsible for what it is today are Jim Henson and Fred Rogers. And those two could not yes. have been possibly more different. Um, Fred Rogers was, a, was a big believer of like being clear when you told children like, Hey, um, this is not real, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. But he loved the work that Jim Henson did. It just wasn't the same thing that he did. And donkey Quixote is based off of the character. Donkey Quixote. From the neighborhood of Make Believe on um, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and it, this mm-hmm. is an all puppet show. Um, it uses carrot. It's lo- it's a lot like Daniel Daniel Tiger, which is not which is animated, not puppets, but where it yes. takes characters from um, the neighborhood of Make Believe and 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 sort of fleshes them out um, and all of that. And it's cool because like the Rogers family and estate are like very vocal about saying like, "Hey, this stuff is. He would love this. Like, this is not like a blight on." His work or anything, this is this is stuff he would have really appreciated. It's stuff that he like was very vocal about not like not wanting to do himself, but that he really liked. It's not the same as like Calvin and Hobbes, where like Bill Water like that'll just never be anything but a comic strip, and thank goodness for that. But like, it's really cool. And and I I have not watched a new like puppet thing for children in a very long time. Like explicitly for children, this is on I want to say PBS Kids. Um, I think, Um, but I watched a couple episodes. Um, David Rudman, you know, has directed all of them. He and his brother write it. Um, A Sesame guy named Joey Mazzarino uh, wrote it. And uh, some of the puppeteers that we've talked about, like Peter Linz, Matt Vogel, Stephanie DeBruzzo, are all on the show. Like King Friday the 13th is there. Um, It's it's awesome, and it's a really cool show. And it's not a part of David Rudman's um, spiffy pictures, but it is from his like it is like from his brain and so, and he you know works creatively on on this uh, scooby-Doo special that we have uh, just spent the last hour talking about. Um, and I just think that's really cool and I, and I I love um, I love puppets and I think we should have more of them and I think that we should be exploring yeah. things that we know really well like scooby-Doo or uh, the neighborhood of make-believe uh, through puppetry. That's my that's my thing. Um, I'm ready to play the game and then I have a, a question for you
0: okay perfect um then let's do this so jinkies or stinkies recurring segment Uh i find six stories or facts Uh relating to a topic that is covered in the episode discussed okay um some of those will be real which are jinkies Uh some of them will be fake which i have made up which are stinkies Uh and it's your job to tell me (laughs) which is which
1: okay um i really like the name
0: Thank you, thank yeah. you. Obviously, the topic we're going to be discussing is puppets, uh-huh. um, because I knew you would be coming on. None of these have anything to do with Muppets or the Hinson workshop, okay. so cool. as opposed to the Fraggle Rock, this one might be a little more difficult for you, yeah. we'll see.
1: Yeah, I hope so.
0: Okay, here we go. Rome, 1897. A street-performing ventriloquist is arrested due to suspicions of indecency and crimes against the church. Supposedly, his act involved his puppet, Los Kiyoko, saying vile things about the pope, which the ventriloquist would then immediately scold him for. When he was arrested, the ventriloquist argued that he never once had said anything untoward about the pope or the church. It was all Los Kiyoko. The authorities agreed, and the eventual punishment was to burn the wooden puppet while his former performing partner watched. Did I make that up, or is that a true story?
1: I hope that this is a jinky. I really want. I really need for this to be a jinky. I need for this to be true.
0: It is not true. God um damn it! There is a much Fuck. less um. um cute story of a <laughs> i hate a, real life real, this sucks um, i'm bored, I'm a bored guy... of whatever it is no
1: tell
0: me don't tell me. <laughs> well wait till you find this out uh-huh. a guy a few years ago was accused of um sexual harassment uh-huh. at a bar and who is apparently he was a, a ventriloquist and he, his puppet was saying all of these uh Lascivious, loot things towards a woman, and he got off because apparently the uh, the the puppet was saying it and not him. This was in some European okay. country. Yeah, sure. Yeah, totally chill,
1: Well, thank you for giving me a great story to hear. Um, You're welcome. I, I admit welcome. that I, I I admit that that is um, that was that was. Uh, that, Ethan, that's really like I hope it's okay for me to do this to you on your own show. That was really. Um, uh, that was a really clever construction.
0: So I enjoyed that. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> okay, here we go. Yeah. Football player Eric Berry was a longtime safety for the Kansas City Chiefs. He also happened to be afraid of horses. This was a significant problem because Warpaint, the Chiefs' real life horse mascot, traditionally ran around the field every time they scored. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs hired a therapist who would help him overcome his equinophobia. Through immersion therapy, using such techniques as watching horses on TV, uh-huh. playing pin the tail on the donkey, and wearing horse puppets on his hands, he was eventually able to overcome his fear and played with the Chiefs for more than five years.
1: Um, I mean, that is that is a janky. I know that that one is true.
0: It is true. Yes. Yeah, it's, a great, yes.
1: it's a great story. um, um
0: The pictures of him with the horse puppets are so funny. (laughs) I've never, (laughs) I've never seen one actually, if you want to. They are the least intimidating, (laughs) um, like anything. Like I can't imagine why that would work. It's so funny
1: because I like, I, that story is, um, when I actually first heard that story, um, I, I genuinely did think it was fake, but, but I learned that it was real and it's, I think it's very funny.
0: Yeah. 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 Austin, Texas, earned its catchphrase of Keep Austin Weird in 2014 when it spawned the emo Muppet band Fragile Rock, an eight-piece music group comprised of introspective puppets. Fragile Rock has appeared on America's Got Talent and NPR's Tiny Desk Concert, the whole way being driven by their own personal motto, Stay Felt.
1: I think... F- I feel like I know if that. I'm not from Texas. I'm like I'm, I'm not from there, but I do feel like I know if that was a jinky. Um, like that feels like something someone would have made sure I knew about. But I'm gonna guess that it's a. I'm gonna guess that it is a jinky. Um, just because my You're instinct. Is, yeah, my instinct was telling me it's a stinky. Um, yeah. But it does seem
0: like I, I'm surprised you didn't know that. I was yeah, when I was no. I mean, before. that's why. I, like,
1: I didn't want to. I didn't want to be made a fool. Um, and so I, I went with my. I went with the opposite of my gut, which is usually more correct than my gut. Um, yeah, that's a that's a jinky.
0: You are correct. You are okay. correct. All right. Um. Okay, we got three more. Here we go. Okay, I'm ready. Nikita Khrushchev was the first Soviet leader to come to the United States. He was invited to the White House by President Dwight Eisenhower, which he begrudgingly accepted. There would be discussions of political ideologies and discrepancies of culture, Uh, but it couldn't all be business. There had to be some entertainment as well. uh, But how do you entertain the snarly, intimidating leader of a Soviet country? How about a (laughs) puppet show? The White House hired a puppeteer named Alberta Jones who performed a reportedly lovely scene with a talking rabbit and frog or excuse me a talking rabbit and frog who had an argument about which one of them snores in their sleep the otherwise laconic khrushchev reportedly laughed multiple times during the show and after the performance went up to jones and simply said good job
1: i, I i'm gonna guess stinky
0: you're right yes okay. that is a <laughs> made that one up whole claw <laughs>
1: awesome <laughs>
0: on a season four episode of shark tank a bank teller from ohio named deborah green came into the tank with a pitch for a way to make eating vegetables more fun her pitch essentially was finger puppets shaped like little smiley broccoli and cauliflower she as of yet had not sold a single set to anyone but wanted the sharks to invest five hundred thousand dollars for five percent of her company to help her get into every walmart in the world she let Robert Herjavec put on the finger puppets and eats some peas and carrots with his hands. He found it, quote, gross. Kevin O'Leary, aka Mr. Wonderful, called it the worst pitch in the history of Shark Tank. Deborah did not secure a deal with any of the sharks.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm gonna guess a Stinky,
0: is that a Stinky? That is a Stinky. I have to be honest with you, Jack. I forgot to write the stickies until about 20 minutes before this. So we're just kind of blowing through them. I mean, I think they're great. Uh,
1: That that classic Ethan prose is uh, is, uh, ever-present. I'm enjoying it.
0: Okay, we got this last one. Are you ready?
1: I'm, I'm so ready.
0: Performance art can mean many things to many people. But penis art? Now I've heard everything. Puppetry of the penis is an Australian contortionist act in which two longtime friends twist their penises into bizarre and hopefully comical positions for the delight of the audience. They also give step-by-step instructions in case you want to recreate the genital origami at home. A selection of said penis tricks includes the hamburger, the fruit bat, the weed snipper, the guy pierce, the Loch Ness Monster, and the pelican
1: uh i mean I, I i that's a this is another this is similar to the the ancient rome one the first one which turned out to be mm-hmm. stinky where i really like i want i want it to be true like i want mm-hmm. i want this to be real um because if not then that's a corner of the world that like has gone unexplored um that I, I feel personally should have already been uh been conquered so my hope is that it's a jinky and i am gonna guess a jinky
0: it is a real thing that's a, um, jin-
1: it's a it's a jank all
0: right it's two crazy guys uh, um <laughs> i believe there are dvds that you can purchase if you would like to Jack, oh yeah i'd love to and Thank you. and experience the
1: i'm gonna go buy them right now keep talking
0: yeah yeah, yeah. you can experience the presentation yourself um yeah, cool. maybe share it with uh, with someone special in your life. Yeah, of um,
1: course. Uh, kids, don't Google don't just Google penis art puppets uh, <laughs> uh, because you are not going to find the exact thing you are looking for.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, that's jinkies or stinkies. Jack, you got all okay. but one. Yeah. Great job. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank
1: you. That was a great game, and now I have a great story that isn't real to to have live in my memory.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I believe you have a question for me
1: I did yeah and i you may have talked about this on the show at some point, but I'm kind of curious like ethan um you've 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 like talked about a number of different um um versions of scooby doo at this point um a couple of different iterations and I'm kind of you know this is one of the things like scooby doo i would i i would say that the most monumental like moment in scooby doo history was zombie island because of like sure. like j- just how much it changed what Scooby-Doo could be through the, the through the like the simplicity of just saying what if they were real and it actually confronts yeah. that in a way that is um meaningful to the characters and to their history which i love yes. um it really changed things and it means that in and it what it meant was that you could tell a good Scooby-Doo story whether the monsters are real or not um yes. which is uh which is the like not every franchise or like long form like storytelling um, thing could do that and do it well. Like Scooby Doo is malleable in a way um, that is really special. And of all the Hanna Barbera stuff, it is the one that it is the truly the one thing that has like will will always survive any iteration. My question to you, Ethan, yes. is that if uh, Warner Brothers came to you and said, "We're going to make whatever version of Scooby Doo you want to see," um, whatever you suggest to us we will make happen we will try it what would you do like what like as a super fan of scooby what is the thing you most want to see from scooby-doo that either they haven't done or i'll give this to you that you think they should bring back and if they were to bring it back what would you want to see done with it
0: right um well, the thing is is that if I were going to pitch anything, I uh-huh. that they could do, I would pitch something that would look very similar to Mystery Incorporated, right? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. um a sort of I mean, that is literally that show's like a a dream come true, you know. Yeah, like that's incredible. for for people who are fans of anything, mm-hmm. like to have a a reboot be that good and be that steeped in the in the lore and uh, yeah. not even in the lore cuz there is no lore but <laughs> steeped in the legacy and the uh-huh. the what makes yeah. that property special that's mm-hmm. what you would want you know and um, it's so
1: deeply like even though like there's like there that's one of the like the monsters are real things it's still yeah. so deeply based in this like um this this thing that scooby-doo is now about which really is like structure and archetype and and like yeah and playing roles and things and like what truth actually looks like and it it does that in such a clever way that i think like um we we see um we we don't get to see with that many like modern versions of these like long like long form beloved things you know
0: yeah um if i were to like if i were a showrunner for scooby-doo I would just make you know it's been a it's been at this point 20 years since what's new Scooby-Doo yeah. right yep. so it's been long enough that we can just do Scooby-Doo again you know what right. I mean like yeah. just do a monster of the week every week mm-hmm. um but but I think with the the past 20 years of characterization and everything you can bring in in more character bits with the gang and everything and that sort of stuff. Um, And I would have it be like a world tour situation where like every episode they're in a different location. Sure. um, But have that be baked into the premise of the show
1: Uh
0: and like the, the, the branding and that sort of thing. Uh Um,
1: Yeah.
0: But yeah, Uh that would be, that would be my show. But, um,
1: I had something similar because yeah. um, I was thinking about this. So the thing that I like this is this is like I, I people would throw things at me for saying this. I would genuinely um, l- just for the the experiment of it all. I would love to see what like Riverdale Scoob looks like, um, and and I don't need to go into any more details than that. Like because <laughs> as we talked about, Scooby is very malleable, and anything can happen with it. I would kind of be thrilled to see what it would look like if it did that. And I imagine it would just look like mystery incorporated, but like live action, yeah. which is, which, Yeah. um, the live action Scooby stuff is like, whatever. I think the Scooby design itself is kind of the biggest problem. I think you could do something with that. Yeah. But, um, but really what I'd like to see, there are things that are like, feel like they are very in the spirit of Scooby that I can't really like quite pin down. Um, and I don't mean things that are just like monster or mystery based. Um, yeah but i would really love to see um there's a there's a show on tbs that i really love it is a um it is a um um anthology show um called mm-hmm. miracle workers with daniel Radcliffe and and um uh steve Buscemi yes. among other people and every yes. season they're in a different like location that's um and, and the first season they're like they're angels and the second one it's like it's like set during the crusades and stuff and one thing I'd really love to see, like, happen with Scooby-Doo that they don't do a lot of, I would love for there to be a show, uh, like, a something like what you're talking about, like a Monster of the Week, or even like a, like, maybe even like a full season arc or something, um, to kind of bring it back to the the serialized storytelling of Mystery Incorporated, that mm-hmm. would put them in a new, like, time every, um, yeah. every se- episode or season, but if it were, like, a season-long thing, like, I'm kind of thinking about, I think it would be really cool if you changed, if, if they actually, like, belonged there, like, no, no, like, time travel yeah. shenanigans, but, like, yeah. each one is just, like, a soft reboot of the core, like...
0: Like a, um... Like an Elseworld situation. Yeah,
1: and I, I, I always thought that that kind of thing would be really, would be yeah. really neat, because, again, like, no matter where you put these characters, these these, like, five characters who, like, thank goodness that you know with the exception of like the scooby cousins um it's always really just these five um you can put them you can't really i think the great experiment is that you really can't put them in any situation and the the things that make them true to themselves will always like be there which is something that scooby has in common with the muppets at their best you know um, yes yes yeah. and so that that would be like something that i would want to see. i would be very into that but again that's a great idea i agree i, I would agree. also love to see riverdale scoop <laughs> <laughs> you know
0: i'd be freak. there day one but yeah if, if you were to ask me what do you not want to see mm-hmm. um what i would not want to see is an hbo max miniseries uh, show run and starring mindy kaling um called velma that is a uh a um origin story that would be what I would not want to see
1: yeah well I mean you know thank goodness that's never going to happen yeah. in any I agree with you yeah, it's just not gonna, thank not God, thank God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, before I let you get out of here mm-hmm. we do have to rank this episode on our heavy metal tier list okay so okay. Th- there are five tiers okay starting from the bottom is the rut row tier that's the mm-hmm. absolute worst of the worst okay up from that is Scooby Dumb mm-hmm kind of self-explanatory yeah the the middle is just another mystery that's for your your middle of the road episodes Uh your movies or whatever up from that is the groovy tier that's for episodes we like a lot have a lot of fun with but just aren't quite great enough to get into the golden scoop tier the best of the best yeah what are you thinking for this one jack
1: um you know this this and i and i might be breaking the scale here a little bit I think I have to give it two different ones. Um, okay. Um, my first question for you, will you will you, from the bottom up read me each of the, the tier names again?
0: Yes. Okay. You have rut uh, have Rut-Row. Scooby-Dum.
1: Scooby-Dum. Just Another Mystery. Just Another Mystery. Groovy. Groovy.
0: And Golden Scoob.
1: Golden Scoob. Um, yeah, I've got to break it a little bit um, because I do have to give it two ratings. Um, this is on, on on the level of like writing, on, on the level of like how interesting is this mystery, uh, how good are the gags, how you know with and, and like the gags are mostly like perfunctory, with the exception of Scooby as a ball, and there's a few other like yes. moments of like of of, of you know uh a genuine invention that I really love. Scooby is a ball is kind of the big one, and part of that's because of the puppet design and how cool he and how funny he looks. Um it's just yeah. very funny. But it's it's Scooby Dumb. Like it's a like on the like material wise, this is like it's not as bad as like a lot of Scooby things have been. Like there yeah. are plenty that are absolute like junk. Um mm-hmm. this is not as bad as those, but I also don't know that I can really like call it just another mystery because it's It's like some of the writing is a little is is juvenile in ways that i like are are, i i don't think are like fantastic and i should say like the again great bits that we've talked about like the ball like shaggy eating himself when he's disguised as a cracker good stuff i wish the whole thing had that element of like oh this is like some really funny shit that like we we can't do over history incorporated or like whatever yeah um but when i were talking like is this when we are when we're talking about like this thing and like does it does is this a version would I want to see more of this kind of Scooby like level storytelling or, or more specifically this particular aesthetic? Remind me what tier four is? Groovy, right? Groovy. Yeah. I think this shit's groovy. I think the puppet Absolutely. designs are fantastic. Velma looks awesome. Um, yeah. Fred's dumb little face is so fun. Um, we've talked about the sets. Um, the the way that these puppets move like the cartoon like their cartoon counterparts I like if if you were to tell me that they were gonna make another like more of these, I would absolutely be interested in seeing what it was like. I would hope the writing was better. Um, and that's fine because this is a one-off. This is an experiment for them. I mean it's funny because they don't actually do that that often with Scooby stuff. Most of it does kind of fit into the same formula and so like the animation will change a little bit here here to there. but this is like a huge delineation. In a way that, like, we don't actually often see from the new shows or specials. Um, we no. only ever, the only the biggest thing they've done that was really as you know that monumental a change in form is like the live action stuff. Um, yeah. And and then you know they've made those live action movies, which um, the, the the like Nickelodeon movies or I think they were on Nickelodeon if I'm not miss- Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network. Yeah. Um, that's right, because of because of uh, Time Warner and everything. But it's it's. Um, you know that stuff is like boy. Um, I really like the first two uh, Gosnell movies, or the, the only two Gosnell movies. I like those a lot, especially the second one. But those other ones are like junk. But this yeah. is the first time where there really is like a like, blah, blah, like Shaggy looks different, um, and it's yeah. and it rules. And it, and it not only does it rule because it's different, it rules because it's actually good and it's actually made really yeah. well. So I do have to say that those two. Like, if I'm going to take Groovy and um, um, Scooby-Dum and smash them together, they average out to just another mystery, which is not how I feel about this. But I do think that is, like, my formal submission. Um, Yeah. Because it's not quite great enough to be Groovy, but it's not just Scooby-Dum. It really is not. This is, like, a special thing, and it really matters that they, like, they tried this because it does suggest a world where... For for me, this is the the version of Scooby next to Zombie Island and Mister Incorporated that does the most to suggest that Scooby is eternal and can can go as long as the world wills it to, which will be for forever, long past you or I have have left the earth. Um, and I love that. It means that we could see uh, those versions of Scooby Doo that you and I talked about. It means that we could see. Um, you know more puppet stuff. It means you know it just. It's yeah. it's yeah. And and for me that matters a lot when you're factoring it, it t- on its own, just completely on its own, just another mystery. But it lets me imagine a world where we continue to be amazed and wowed by by uh, Scooby Doo and the Mystery Incorporated gang. So yeah, that's my. I agree. Mission.
0: Yeah, I agree completely. I yeah. think that's a good spot for it. Um, Jack yeah thank you so much for joining me of for course this. i'm
1: so glad that we were able to do this i am uh i've been very excited ever since you talked about the idea and the name and uh was i've been thinking about what i wanted to do and i did think about like some of the i I did think about like zombie island stuff but i was like that's 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 a that's a big a big boy and i want something that feels more like me and i'm very glad that we we thought of this
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Um, where can the people find you when you oh, got to plug fine. for them?
1: Um, uh, well, um, I am on Twitter, um, uh, at JKRADB. Um, that's just my initials and the initials of my podcast. Um, and I'm on Letterboxd at the, at the same. Um, I do have a podcast that, as you mentioned at the top of the show, eight debuts, where we talk about, uh, the films of um, the, the first films of um, of directors. Um, we have been on a bit of a hiatus because i I started it um, mid pandemic uh, because I was unemployed and uh, really needed to stretch some creative muscles and uh, and you know dropped like 20 I've got like 23 24 episodes out there I think that are um, that I'm really proud of um but great stuff in there for sure thank you i am very proud of it and like there's some conversations that i I really am just like feel so lucky to have had um with like friends of mine and people i find really interesting and 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 cool um about movies that i feel the same way about um and we have been on a break but uh, i am bringing the show back soon there were three episodes that i recorded in february right in the midst of like a big personal professional and creative burnout um uh but but several of those are our guests who have been on the show Um, the first episode back is in a few weeks, um, with Peter Bushman, um, talking about a A legend. Absolute. I, I, maybe my, my new thing I think is like, you know, I I could talk about puppets and, and Muppets and stuff on podcasts forever, but my new thing actually is just going to be talking about Peter on podcasts. Cause he's the fucking man. Um, and we, we talk about, um, uh, I'll go ahead and say what it is. We talk about the, the, um, 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 the film, uh, Raggedy Ann and Andy: A Musical Adventure, which is a a debut film for the great animator Richard Williams. Um, That episode is a is massive, like it is a mammoth, and I'm incredibly proud of it. Um, It was recorded a while ago, but it's final. It's gonna come out. Um, and then the episode after that is with uh, the great Andy Gurmuga as well, uh, a, ho- a co-host of Can I Kick It, also a fucking legend. Um, although yes. Andy's someone we don't want to give too much power to. Um, <laughs> and he talks about Bob Fosse's Sweet Charity, um, which is a really great and fun film. And then after that, and again, these all are going to start coming out mid-June. Um, and then after that, um, uh, my friend Ross Kroeber is coming on the show to talk about Bobcat Goldthwait's Shakes the Clown. And then we will be back. I start recording new episodes in a few weeks, and the release schedule is going to be a little shaky um, because I am getting married in October, and I also still have a full-time job, and I also like to fuck around and play video games So it's and watch movies um, all day. Yeah. So um, it's not going to be every week. It is going to be more of like a Columbo-style release where like it, it comes out when I want it to come out. Um, but I've got about, I want to say, like 16 episodes planned between... Jul- the first of July and the end of the year um, and I think They're all going to be really fun And uh, and and I, I have the power to take that back If I want to Because uh, anything right. creative that you do um, Should always feel fun And if it starts to feel like work yes. You shouldn't do it anymore Until you until you want to do it again So we'll see what happens That's right. But at the very least uh, Those three episodes are coming out And uh, there are going to be more new ones on the way That was a long ass plug The show is called Ain't Debuts It's on every podcasting um, every podcast uh, uh, a thing, um, and it is on Twitter at buttes Pod. That's B E A U T S Pod.
0: I highly recommend that podcast. I think it's great. Thank you. I think Jack is great. I'm very, very glad that you came and joined me for this. I was very happy um, to. If the wonderful people out there would like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at The Real Brundine. You can follow the show at Heavy Metal Pod that's metal spelled like those meddling kids if you enjoyed this show please tell your friends about it subscribe to our RSS feed it is a weekly show until like Jack I eventually get burned out on it we'll see (laughs) Um, but then I will definitely be back at some point (laughs) Um, as always thank you all so much for listening to this show thank you again to Jack Reed and for all you, you you listeners out there Remember to stay groovy. I
1: gotta handle some time to make my mind up to yes, Just Gotta be sure I like what I can see. <laughs>